Hello, welcome to my Camino the Podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. I'm a broadcaster, podcaster, writer and musician based in Sydney, Australia. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Welcome to a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago or the way of St. James. St. James was one of Jesus Christ's apostles who travelled to Spain after Christ's death, and he fought alongside the locals and became a renowned leader and fighter. He then went back to Spain and was beheaded by King Herod. His followers took his remains back to Spain and buried him in a field in Galicia. The Spanish built a majestic cathedral in his honour to house those remains. They named the city Santiago de Compostela, or St. James, under a field of stars. I'm seriously pining for the Camino. (laughs) I can hear and feel its pull. And I take my inspiration this week from the great Ella Fitzgerald, who said, Just don't give up trying to do what you really want to do, where there is love and inspiration. I don't think you can go wrong. The Camino is full of mysteries, folklore, miracles. We all have them. They say the Camino provides. Indeed, I've said the Camino provides. (laughs) And it does. They say the Camino follows the ley lines of the earth, the subtle electrical current wrapping the planet. Now, some people are sceptical about ley lines, and I can understand why. What I don't understand is the incredible energy you feel on the Camino de Santiago. Others say the Camino follows the Milky Way, the plethora of stars. Some say as many as 400 billion that form our galaxy. Well, how could you possibly avoid the energy of the universe, walking in the footsteps of one of Christ's apostles by the light of 400 billion stars? Walking is one of life's great pastimes and It doesn't matter if you're a good walker or you struggle to find rhythm on your feet. You can walk at your own pace, whether it's walking through your local community or walking 800 kilometres or 500 miles of the Camino de Santiago. You choose how, when and where you walk. There are no steadfast rules, only the ability to find two things so rarely at our disposal in 2021, time and space. Finding the time to walk is a true blessing. Finding time while you walk is an even better reward for your effort. Finding your space on the Camino is exhilarating. The pure indulgence of walking an extra long distance means you can choose how you want to do it. It's your Camino. And it's easy to feel blessed blessed by the footsteps of the millions of pilgrims who have walked before you. Their collective spirit rings like a bell in your heart. You'll hear bells ringing everywhere you go, town squares, church squares, as you leave town at dawn, and as you gather for mass in fading light. You'll sit with pilgrims from around the world, praying individually and collectively. Then later you'll share a pilgrim's meal, a cheap and cheerful part of the Camino experience. And if you're lucky, you'll form a small troop, what many call a Camino family. People from all over the world who decide to walk together. You'll come and go and walk ahead and fall behind the concertina of souls, a squeeze box of pilgrims traversing the landscape. 
You'll arrive in town, check into your accommodation, take a shower, wash your clothes and take the weight off your feet. And if you're really lucky, you'll find another pilgrim to talk to, to take the weight off your mind. And if you so choose, you can find a pilgrim to listen to, to take the weight off their mind. Pilgrims are great listeners. They're good at providing a soundboard for the problems of others. And maybe, once they've had that conversation, they're not problems anymore. My guest this week is Lee Brennan. Lee is also a podcaster, and yoga and the Camino play a huge part in her life. Lee's on the line. Welcome, Pilgrim. Oh, Dan, it's such a pleasure to be here tonight with you. And what an intro. That was beautiful. I felt like I was doing a meditation. I loved it. Thank oh, you. Oh, well, you're welcome. I've been dying to talk to you. First, Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, tell us about how the Camino came into your life. Okay. Well, I went on the Camino. Actually, I did my walk in fall of 2019, but I heard about it many years before when The Way came out. And I loved that movie. I loved Martin Sheen. And right away, that went on my bucket list. And um, I watched it with my former husband. And I thought, you know, we will do this in retirement. This is just right down our alley. And I, I was very excited about it. But I knew it was years away because our daughter was still uh, young, still in junior high. And um, so anyway, I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. And then a few years later, I was teaching at a local gym and one of my students went on the Camino and when she came back, I asked her all about it and she told me about it. And I saw such a, a transformation in her upon returning that again, I was like, okay, I got to definitely do that. You know, that's going to happen at retirement. I'm going to do it. So anyway, cut way ahead, uh, 2018, and our daughter goes off to college, and I think that we're going to get ready to ride off into the sunset and do all these things I'd planned for retirement, but life went a different direction, and we ended up breaking up, and I was truly devastated. I I really didn't know what I was going to do. I had spent the last 20-some years or 18 years raising my daughter and thought that you know, we were going to be doing all these things. And all of a sudden I found myself being single and an empty nester all at the same time. So one night I went out to dinner with one of my girlfriends and we were talking just about different things. And somehow the Camino came up and I said, that's always been on my bucket list. And she said, oh yeah, me too. And she said, oh my gosh. She goes, how have I not told you about this? She said, one of my good friends who's a therapist out in California is taking a group of women who are going through major transitions in their life. You ought to, you know, give her a call and see if you can get into this group. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And so I called uh, her that night and signed up literally that night. But then a lot of hesitation started creeping in. That I think was um, in the fall of 2018. And I probably canceled almost four times, had the phone in my hand, <sighs> was typing out the email, you know, because I thought, this is not how I want my Camino to be, right? I was supposed to be going with my husband, you know, and this was supposed to be a happy thing. And, you know, this was going to be a celebratory kind of event, not me walking with a, you know, broken heart and crying every day. But all of my friends and all my family kept encouraging me. They're like, no, 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 this has been on your bucket list. And this is going to be so good for you. You got to go. And 
although we had traveled the world together, I had never really traveled by myself internationally. So I was nervous about that. I was nervous about the walk and just so many things. But Dan, I can't tell you, (laughs) I am so glad I went. Uh, I know that that message, the inspiration was put into my mind long ago because it was something that I was really going to need. And I'm so, so grateful that I didn't cancel and that I went. So, wow. So what year was that? 20? I went 2019 in the fall of uh, 2018. And how many times have you been back? I went back to Santiago actually uh, that winter just to visit. And because I felt like I left Santiago way too soon, mm. which I think, you know, a lot of people do when they finish their Caminos because, yeah. you know, you got to get back home to responsibilities. And so I went back and just spent so much time at the cathedral and just kind of taking in the city. And then I had planned 2020 was going to be my gap year. It was going to be the year that I was going to do several Caminos. And I, after I came home from my Camino, I decided that I was going to dedicate my life, my vocation to the Camino that I was, I'm a yoga teacher and I, I really didn't feel inspired to go back and teach in a studio. And I, saw that there was going to be a benefit to combining yoga with pilgrimage because it helped me so much during mine. And so I came back and I started a a business with a partner and we were going to lead retreats with yoga and pilgrimage. And so I pretty much had planned 2020. It was going to be either me doing personal Caminos or leading retreats in Spain. And then of course, as we all know, (laughs) that didn't happen. Um, I was actually on my way back to Spain to walk at Easter time. And instead of getting to walk, I was diverted right back to the United States. And so, you know, there's been many, uh, obviously I'm heartbroken. I I would like to be in Spain doing those Caminos, but also, you know, it's all been part of my journey for further healing. And so I was thrown right back into the boiling pot of my life, (laughs) even though I had planned that it was going to be a gap year and I would be away. That's not what happened. And so, um, you know, I feel like your Camino doesn't end when you think it ends in Santiago. It it continues. And I feel like everything that has happened to me since my Camino uh, has been part of my pilgrimage. And I truly, I know like many people probably listening to your podcast, I can't wait to get back there and be able to walk and process this past year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, you talked about yoga and how you wanted to combine yoga with pilgrimage. I think that's a fantastic concept. I love yoga and I've, I've practiced for a long time. But Oh, good. And yoga is a big part of your life, obviously, and we'll talk about your work and philosophy, but a lot about yoga and indeed a lot about pilgrimage is about mindfulness. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so, so tell us, you might tell us what you think. How does mindfulness play a part in pilgrimage? Oh, I think it's a huge portion. I think that my philosophy is that yoga and mindfulness are great for your preparation for the Camino, right? So the more that you can cross train by doing yoga and the more that you can practice some form of mindfulness before you actually get there, the more enjoyable and the more benefit you're going to get out of your Camino. And then while you're actually doing your walking, being mindful of what's going on, first of all, within your body, right? Being in touch Mm, with, you know, you're getting a blister 
Are you getting some kind of injury? And how are you going to address that? And a lot of times, if we're not being mindful, you can almost call it body, bodyful, right? So yeah. you're mindful of the body, so bodyful. Mm. Um, but being very aware of what's going on with your body and then listening, right? Maybe you need to take a day off from walking. Maybe you need to get different shoes. Maybe you need to make a change somehow, maybe less weight in your backpack, whatever. But you know, you've got to really be mindful and listening to what's going on with the body. So I feel like from the get-go, having yoga as part of your tool, you know, in your toolbox as yeah. a tool for yourself and mindfulness makes a huge different difference in your Camino. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when you're actually walking, you know, even when you're walking in your own neighborhood, you know, you have two choices. You can just be out walking and kind of be mindless, right? Listening to music or talking on the phone, listening to a podcast, doing whatever. And then the next thing you know, you finished your walk and you really didn't get that benefit of being in connection with yourself or with nature to where when you take a mindful walk, it goes from being maybe a habit or just something you're doing to actually becoming a ritual. And there are many different ways that you can apply mindfulness to your walking, right? But I think the more time you can spend in a mindfulness mindset, the more benefit you get out of your walk. And I'm not saying that you have to do it the whole, yeah. you know, six hours you're out walking sure. on pilgrimage, but, you know, picking and choosing, you know, and, and really thinking about how do you want to be this day on your walk? You know, do you want to, do you need to walk solo? Do you need to maybe walk with someone and maybe talk about things? Do you need to try on some different hats? Like maybe you're normally a really extroverted person or normally an, an introverted person. So maybe today you're mindful and you try to maybe switch it up a little bit and see how that impacts your walk. But all of those things can't really happen unless you're being really mindful. So, and to wait and say, I'm just going to be mindful when I get on the Camino that's going to be really hard to do. But if you have been preparing and doing that on your training walks, it's going to be a lot easier to use that when you're actually out on your pilgrimage. Yeah, great answer. Wow, that's great. But I then wonder, Lee, does everyone have a capacity for mindfulness? What What if I'm somebody who's tried meditation and every time I do it, I find myself thinking, I'm the only person in the room not getting here, not, get, <laughs> not getting it, right? I'm worried about picking mum up from the doctors on the way home or what to cook for dinner or my bum hurts from sitting on the floor. I mean, right. d- does everybody have the capacity to find that stillness of mind? Absolutely. I think that there are a lot of uh, misconceptions out there about what mindfulness is and what meditation is. To be in a state of mindfulness or meditation does not mean that you have emptied your mind. That's impossible. We are designed as humans to think and to have awareness. What the trick is, is that you just learn to concentrate your effort. And when you find that your mind has wandered to something else like your grocery list or your sore bum or whatever it is... (laughs) The moment of mindfulness is the minute that you notice that you've lost track of your breath or whatever it is that you were intending to focus on. And that's a victory, right? That's, that means that, yes, in fact, you are being mindful, and any of us can do that. We are not designed to just empty your mind and to not think, right? And so all you're basically trying to do is to focus on one thing. And when you're walking, that focus can be on just feeling your breath come in and out of the body. It could be each time you put one foot on the ground and then the next foot. And that's just simply what you're trying to train 
your awareness Mm -hmm. on. And when all of a sudden you notice like, oh, wow, I wonder where the next cafe is going to be. I wonder what I'm going to get to eat there. And, you know, you kind of get on that train of thought. Yeah. The minute you notice like, wait a minute, I'm not focusing on my breath or I'm not focusing on my steps. Let me come back to that. And you're right back into a mindfulness state. And that's what meditation is. It's just training your mind over and over again to come back to what you're trying to focus on and trying to stay in that state for as many breaths or as many steps as you can. But there's no wrong or right way. No one's a failure at meditation. You're absolutely doing it right. You're being human when your mind drifts. Yeah. Right? It's just learning how to to train it to come back. It's kind of like training a puppy. You know, like when you're out walking a dog, right? You got a little puppy and they want to look over here and do this and do that, right? And, you know, you don't scold them. You don't tell them that, well, you don't know how to be a puppy, right? (laughs) No, they do, right? We're just trying to get them to focus on learning to walk with a lead and, you know, learning to you know, take some basic commands. And that's what you're trying to do with your mind. You're not trying to change your human nature. You're just trying to learn to focus. Yeah. And I think does that, does that make more sense? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It does. No. And, and I really love the concept there because it feeds perfectly into the next question here. Um, because when I want to reconcile with that kind of uneasiness um, and I have this kind of, I guess, sort of desire for calm. Um, pilgrimage is a really good way to do that. Um, that We've called it here many times slow tourism, walking to the beat of your heart. Um, you have the time to say, well, you know, I've just w- been worrying about something that, you know, nine times out of ten you have no control over anyway, but um, now I've got time. I've, I know I'm not going to get anywhere or be bothered for an hour or two. I might just relax let, yeah. And let and just let the walk take me. That let the pilgrimage ease my mind a little. Give me some calm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It gives you that space and that time yeah. to really reconnect to yourself, connect to nature, yeah. and to find that state of relaxation without all these other layers and roles that we have yeah. on top of us in our everyday life. Yeah, how fantastic. You, you, you're, you're clearly a spiritual person. It's part of your everyday. But I wondered, Lee, if you might just take us back to that first Camino. Um, you'd been through this sort of turbulence and, and were sort of getting into a, a better place. Do you remember that light bulb moment on the Camino when you said, wow, this is where I need to be right now? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you, Dan, I think there were many magical moments that happened, right, as they do for everyone that walks the Camino. Um, But there was one particular moment. Prior to going on the Camino, I really thought I would never be happy again. Um, I am usually pretty lighthearted. I have a lot of energy, as in very soulful Um, People can really feel my energy and my light, but it had been dulled by what had happened. And I felt that I really didn't laugh or smile for, I don't know, a good year, almost two years. And when I went on Camino, I was, I was extremely nervous because I knew I was pretty sad and I didn't know what my Camino was going to be like, you know, and most mornings I started off crying, to be honest. Mm. You know, I would start walking and I would go into my meditation, but there would be, you know, some tears every single morning. And 
one day in particular that really stood out to me, and I, I can remember this like I'm there right now. I was walking through this part of the path that was kind of in this forested area, and all of a sudden I just stopped and I realized that I was smiling and feeling joy for no particular reason at all. Wow. And this was the first time, I mean, I got chills right now just telling you this. Like I, all of a sudden it's like I knew, I knew that I was going to be able to find happiness again, that it was going to be still a rough road back. It was not going to be an easy, right? Because the tears are still there, the heartbreak's still there. But I saw the light again. I could feel the light within me uncovering. Every mile I went, I could feel this lightness happening to me and I could feel my joy coming back. And I could sense when other pilgrims would walk near me, you know, they could feel it and they could see that, oh yeah, you know, this girl is deep inside of her. She's got a really good heart and she's got a really magical light, but that had been really covered by a lot of heartbreak. So that, that moment was when I knew that I made the right decision to go on the Camino and I knew that this was going to be something that was going to change my life. I didn't know exactly how, <laughs> but I knew that this was going to be a transformational thing for me and um, that I was going to want to do it again and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how lovely that you have that that special place that is a place of healing for you. Yeah. It, it wasn't a gradual thing at home where, you know, one day you sort of saw something funny or saw some laughter. Or something. But there is somewhere that you know is a, is a happy place, a, a joyful place, a place of, of recovery and reconciliation for you. That's, that's really fantastic. And you can keep going back there to build on that. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's something that I've been able to tap back into, you know, during this year when we've been on lockdown. You know, when I have a bad day or a bad moment, you know, I just think back to my Camino. I think back to what I experienced there and what I hope to, you know, experience the next time I go. So it it really is my happy place. You know, when, when people talk about having an anchor of where they go back to when they need to tap back into um, feeling centered or connected, that's my place. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly what I was talking about. And what if there's somebody listening now, Lee, thinking, oh, I'd love to do it, but I don't think I'm brave enough. Yeah. Because they're telling themselves they're not brave enough just by asking the question. So what would you say to them? I would say to them that if they have the calling to go, that if if something has inspired them, which I think this happens to all of the pilgrims that I speak with, is that, you know, this is something that has come to you maybe once, maybe twice or over and over again, but you have a calling to go. And I say, honor it. And, you know, courage is, I, I can't remember who said this quote, but, you know, courage is being afraid, but going ahead and doing it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like I, I'm telling you, I was so scared because, you know, like I said, I had never really traveled internationally by myself. And so that was a scary thing. You know, I thought, well, what if I fail? What if I can't even get to, you know, the starting place? Um, but even that in itself, you know, my Camino really started the moment I got on that plane in Salt Lake City and headed to Spain. Because from that moment on, you know, I had to be the adult, you know, I had to be my own person and be independent and take care of myself. And so that in itself was a huge lesson. And 
I say to someone who feels like, hey, I'm, I'm afraid to do this. I say, you know what? Each step that you take is only going to help you to be braver for your next step, you know, whatever else comes in your life. And I felt like getting to Spain was like a really big deal. You know, when I landed in Spain, figuring out how am I going to get the SIM card in my phone and how am I going to get yeah. to this place? But, you know, I did it. And then then I finished the Camino. And so now I can look back on that and I can say, you know, I did this me like this was just my accomplishment and I hadn't really had you know yes I I raised an amazing daughter and she's an amazing person right but you know she plays an active role in that as well right because she's a great person but this Camino was something that only I did and so it's something that I can look back on and say look what you did Lee you accomplished this all on your own and after my Camino um to further inspire someone, if they're listening to this, I would say to them, I came back home and I decided that I was going to make international travel a big part of my life. And so starting in 2020, in January, I took a couple of trips to LA to take some training. And then I went to London for a couple of weeks to take another training. And then I was on my way back to Spain. And I was someone that if you had said to me back in 2017, that I would be doing this, I would have said to you, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be doing that with my husband. Right? <laughs> like, I won't yeah. be doing that by myself. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. I never dreamed that I would do that and I would be brave enough. And so what I would say to someone is, look, if I could become brave enough to just go to London completely by myself and know that I'm going to go back to Spain over and over again, um, then they can do it too. And another thing I know for a lot of women in particular, that sometimes it seems scary to think about walking um, that far uh, on a trail somewhere. And I, I got to say that I felt so safe in Spain. I felt um, just very comfortable walking there, probably more comfortable than I feel, you know, unfortunately in the U.S. on a lot of trails. And, you know, there's that camaraderie. I think that people are always looking out for you when you're out there. And I, I don't, I can't think of really anything else as an adult where I felt such a part of something yeah. as I did when I was on the Camino. And so, I felt really safe there and I don't know whatever it might be holding someone back from going. I think that they won't be disappointed. And I, I saw plenty of people that even once I was there that, you know, once you're starting your Camino, you have those days, where you don't know if you can finish or you'll yeah. meet a, another pilgrim that thinks, wow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but you know what they do. And you end up seeing them in Santiago. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you were talking earlier in your introduction about the energy, you know, those ley line energy. I think that the Camino provides for people, you know, and I think whatever it is you're going to need to help you be brave, remember that the Camino is going to provide that to you. It's You're going to get the inspiration from fellow pilgrims. You're going to find the messages. You're going to have prayers answered that will help you get through it. You yeah. just got to have faith and, and, and make, Make the decision to go. Yeah. You, you won't regret it. <laughs> no, that's right. And then you find yourself, don't you, standing perhaps in a church or standing in a town square or, and something happens or you read something or someone tells you a story or or you meet someone that just needed to talk and you find you think you go to bed that night think, wow, what a magic day. And yet, yes. and yet at 11 o'clock this morning I was so fed up I was ready to get in a taxi <laughs> 
go back to Madrid and fly home. But then you think, right. I'm so pleased that I did th- that I did put in the effort. Yoga's a lot like that too. You know, you you exactly. you, you know you're, you're you're in some sort of difficult pose, and and the teacher says, "Now hold it," and you say, "Oh, come on." And then, right. you know, you think, well, actually it was kind of worth it. You know, it's, it's one of those things. So there's some really lovely parallels between the two, which I think is fantastic. But then, then yeah, there's – and one of those is fear. And we talked about, you know, fears. In, and you said, you know, if you're a, a woman perhaps thinking of walk on her own, why not, why not do it? But then I think also there's a fear of going home. Um, yes. Some, sometimes you, you think – I don't really want to leave. I'd love to stay here with these people for longer, but you know you have to go home into your responsibilities. So tell us, Lee, about your journey in taking the Camino with you when you headed home. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Dan. I think that, you know, Every, you know, there's so many steps of your Camino, right? There's your preparation, and then there's that physical part as you start your walk, or you have a lot of physical stuff to usually deal with, and then kind of the emotional stuff happens, and then um, you start having, I think someone has coined it, the soul's gift, you know, that last third of your Camino. But then you have re-entry. You have coming back to your life, right? And the recovery and the re-entry. And for me, um, Yeah, you know, I I was really nervous about coming home because I was so happy there. I think one thing that I found during my Camino is that I was really struggling with this new identity that had been thrust on me as a single person, as being alone and not being partnered. But on the Camino, I found a lot of great comfort because almost everybody's walking alone, right? And so I didn't feel weird. I didn't feel out of place. And so I felt so comfortable there. And, you know... I feel like other pilgrims, they're just so kind to you and everybody, you know, is really talking to one another. And I felt like I was coming back home to a lonely life, to my old family home where I was going to be by myself because my daughter's away at college. And, you know, that was scary for me. And so right away when I came home, I decided that that was such a transformational experience that I want to be able to help other women who are going through things like I'm going through or men. And take them on retreat and you know, kind of help them by giving them a little bit of yoga in the morning, midday and night, and just helping them to be able to get more out of their pilgrimages. So I knew right away that that's what I was going to you know, what I wanted to do when I got back. But, um, then I set out on the journey to start making that happen. I was taking additional training and, um, had it all planned out, right? I thought I knew exactly what 2020 was going to look like. We had tours planned for fall of 2020 to take people and I was doing great. And then COVID happened and kind of my worst fear. I was uh, on my way, like I said, to Santiago to uh, walk a short Camino out to Finisterre over Easter. And instead I had to come back home once again to my family home once again alone. And really what I've looked at, Dan, is that I've had to use this time as all part of my re-entry, you know, this has all been part of my Camino. I'm kind of seeing this as one long, uh, meseta, you know, like, um, I've kind of been thrown back into the boiling pot of my life and maybe, maybe I was, you know, trying to run away from some last healing, you know, some things that I still had to process. So 
I've made this last year really about healing more. And I have to say it hasn't, it hasn't been easy. You know, there've been some, some big challenges, but the one thing that I did that I'm so grateful for is somehow I recognized in April of 2020 that I was going to have to do something to keep this Camino spirit, my essence alive, that I couldn't forget about the Camino. Like I, I couldn't just go on and start doing something else because I know that that's my dream. This is what I want to do. I would, I very much want to live there someday. And I had to do something to keep it going. And so along with a friend, we decided to just start this Facebook group and we called it the Camino Cafe. And we kind of just threw it out there. Like we didn't really put a lot of planning into it. And, but that has grown and has become something that I could have never dreamed in April. Um, it led us into creating this community where we now once a month have a happy hour, a virtual happy hour on Zoom. We offer Spanish lessons for the Camino through my Spanish teacher, Maria Seco of Spanish for the Camino. We um, hold a book club meeting once a month where we read Camino books and all those things are really great. And then I start interviewing Camino authors and other people that I'm meeting along the way. And so that turns into what I've kind of coined Zoom casting. And so I've been recording those and then we started a YouTube channel and then just recently started our own podcast, which I got to say, Dan, you have been such a huge inspiration to me. Um, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time. And when I started doing the Zoom cast, I always kind of you, you were like in the back of my mind as an inspiration. And mm. um, the fact that that's kind of growing now to a podcast and, you know, look, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just learning <laughs> this as I go. Neither <laughs> do I. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about that. I think you're the pro. But um it has kept my Camino essence alive. Yeah. And, but more than all of those things, right? It has expanded my Camino family. So I have the people that I met that I walked with, but I have met all of these people virtually this past year that I now call dear friends. And I truly, like, I could just pinch myself. If the pandemic hadn't happened, I'd probably never be talking to you. I would, you know, like, I don't know if we would have ever met. Um, I, the people that I've been interviewing, um, the authors that, you know, the Camino authors that I've been interviewing, the people, the fellow pilgrims, it's just been amazing. And I feel like that's been a gift of the pandemic that I wouldn't have had. You know, I, yes, I would have gone back and I would have met people on my walks, but now I have this expanded family that I hope to go walk with someday. And, um, I'm so excited. My best friend and business partner, we have said since the, since the very beginning of this, that, we know the pandemic is going to be kind of coming to a close when we get an opportunity to go walk with Phil, who's a part of Annie's documentary, Phil's Camino. And yeah. so we've kind of had in the back of our mind that this dream that if we could just go walk with Phil, that will be the first step in knowing that the world is healing. And I am so excited to tell you that we're going to walk with him uh, next Sunday or this Sunday, actually this Sunday. And 
this lovely couple that we met as part of the Camino Cafe, Kurt and Susan, are also meeting us. They live in Montana, and they're flying out to Seattle, and Corey's flying up from Salt Lake City, and we're all going to walk with Phil. And that would have never happened if it hadn't been for starting this community and having this time at home. So I feel like I've become a, um, I don't know what the right word is, Dan, but like my pilgrimage has deepened, I guess, or um, has become bigger or I, I don't know what the right description is, but it's the breadth and depth of it continues to expand, even though I haven't even been back there yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wondered, you know, you, you take it home with you, the, the Camino, home with yeah. you, the, this extraordinary change. And there was just something that you said right at the beginning where you said, I kind of went home to, to, to kind of emptiness, this, this empty yeah. or this lonely, I think, might have been the word. Yeah. I, I, I wondered if I could ask you a, a, a question. You might not choose to answer it but you talked at the very start about heartbreak and what you had been through do do you think the Camino has provided an energy to trust again yeah absolutely wow absolutely wow that's probably Um, the best gift you could possibly have got yeah and Dan I, I think one of the things I'm learning the most is to trust myself yeah that's what I mean you know yeah. Right. Is to, is to trust that, you know, listen, I still have my moments, right. Where I, you know, fear will come in. I don't, I don't think you ever get rid of fear, right. we got to have some healthy dose of fear, but I think that I'm learning to trust myself and to trust my intuition and to trust that I do know what's best for me. And I, I'm learning to look at things, um, more deeply and, yeah. and I'm better at assessing things. And I think the Camino put so many people in my life, you know, I would just, you know, could think about the different days of people that I met. And it was like, each person just had this message for me. And, and that has continued to happen since, since coming back. And, you know, I'm learning that, um, I have to trust the universe you know, I, this heartbreak, of course, I've had anger over it. This wasn't my choice. This wasn't what I wanted. But I have to look at it in a bigger, you know, I have to step back, right, and look at it from a distance and say, hey, there's some reason that this has happened in my life. There's, you know, and I've got to find the greater good. I've got to make the best of my life now. And, you know, that's not, for me, that has not been easy. Um, but I, I'm really trying to trust the universe and trying to see that, you know, I will have happiness again. There are moments of happiness and there are moments of joy. And, you know, maybe the universe had something bigger in mind, that God had something bigger in mind for me. And I needed to have this happen in my life Mm. so that I would go on the Camino so that I would, you know, have this, this experience and, one thing that happened to me is I was, I had a lot of shame around this, right? Uh, Where I felt like I was embarrassed, you know, like how come I couldn't keep my marriage together? Right. And 
I didn't want people to know. And we had moved, we originally from Ohio and we had moved to Salt Lake City and we had been there about five years before um, our breakup. And I did not want anyone in Ohio to know. And finally, after I came back from the Camino, and I think this is part of where that bravery comes, the courage, is that one day I decided it's time for me to kind of come out, you know, and to say, hey, I'm divorced now and to tell my story and to say, you know what? And I went on the Camino and it helped give me new meaning in my life. It saved my life. And I wanted to let people know that. And so I wrote this Facebook and Instagram post and I was so nervous to post it because, you know, uh, distant relatives were going to see it. People I hadn't, you know, been around in a long time. And I, I was very embarrassed to say that, Hey, my marriage didn't work out. Um, everyone thought we had a great marriage. I thought we did too. So anyway, I post this and I was so nervous and Dan, the, the outpouring of love that I got from that post first off was amazing, but Mm. what touched me more and I'm getting choked up. I haven't thought about this in a while, but um, all of a sudden there were all these women that uh, had been a part of my life years ago um, where I'd last lived and in places before that, that started privately messaging me and saying, Oh you know, my marriage isn't going so well either. And oh my gosh, you have given me the courage to take the next step or to know that, you know, I can survive it, that there's nothing wrong with me. And then people started saying, when you go on the Camino, we want to go with you, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I started seeing that, yeah, this has been really, really painful, but you know, up until then, Dan, I, I had a really great life and I, you know, every week when I taught my yoga classes, I talked about the yogic philosophy of non-attachment, of surrendering, you know, all the things we talk about in yoga. But I hadn't had a, a lot of loss in my life, um, only the passing of my grandfather, at, you know, from an elderly age. And this was like a really hard loss for me. And all of a sudden I realized that, you know, all these yogic lessons were... <laughs> They weren't from a book now. They, I'm living it. Yeah. And I realized that I was going to be a better yoga teacher because I could now understand and have more compassion, particularly for those people, you know, that um, years ago would be coming to my yoga class and they'd be in the third row and really sad during the whole class. And I really couldn't identify. But now I can. You know, now I know what it feels like to have grief and heartbreak and you know, while our grief and heartbreaks are always unique to us, right? And they're always hard, no matter what what it's about. I feel like I am going to be a better yoga teacher because of this. And I feel like anyone that I walk with again, um, I'm going to be hopefully a better listener, um, have more compassion and and be more helpful than what I could have been maybe, you know, seven, eight years ago. So I feel like this has really changed my life and um, in every way. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. I hope that answered your question. Oh, boy, it just sure did. Because, you know, trust is crucial um, as a pilgrim and trust is crucial as a human being, that trust in yourself. I I really believe that. Um, 
And the great thing about the Camino is that you can rely on others to support you and to nurture you and to give you the support you need to be able to trust yourself. Oh, and that, Absolutely. That's a great gift as well, isn't it? Oh, you know, it you, is. You, you find somebody who's, who's happy to listen to you, even though they don't know you. You wouldn't perhaps have had that conversation with somebody at home, a relative or a friend, but here you are having that conversation with a, a total stranger and they're able to give you the support you need to be able to trust yourself. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, my husband, my former husband, I, you know, we had been like really best friends. And so I just had, you know, been more dependent on him than anyone else. And all of a sudden, ever since my Camino, I see that I have all these people in my life. Right. But I've also learned that I'm doing what I thought was the impossible, which is living on my own. I truly didn't think I could do it, Dan. Like I, which sounds crazy to me now because I'm literally doing it. But I really didn't know if I could. And I have found that I have so many supporters that I didn't even realize were there. And that has been such a great gift. And I just encourage other people to know that if they think they're alone, you know, there's still days where I feel like, geez, I feel so alone. And I just have to remember all the people that actually are in my life and that I'm not alone and that you know, I have myself <laughs> and, you know, I can count on myself and I've learned that during this past year. And, you know, I'd like to say that I feel that way every single minute of every single day, but I'm human, <laughs> yeah, you know, fear yeah. creeps in or a worry, but luckily I, I've, I'm learning every day how to come back. And that's part of where mindfulness comes in, right? Is learning to come back to your center and to remember that you're going to be okay, that I'm all right right now. And yeah. that's really what matters. Wow, we've come the full circle to start with that <laughs> mindfulness and to f- to finish with it. That's so beautiful. Oh, honestly, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, but I'm not going to let you go until okay. you tell us a Camino story. A Camino story, okay. Something that's happened to me? Mm. Are you, are you, yeah, if you like. Something that happened? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I have many stories, but... Um, I think I'll tell this one because uh, since we've talked a little bit about the heartbreak, I think it's probably most appropriate for the things we've talked about. So uh, there was one particular day that I started my walk. And as I usually did, I made sure that I was walking solo first thing in the morning because that seems to be when my emotions are are most there. And uh, I was crying and um, walking and, you know, just trying to... uh, get to a better place. And I, I was praying, uh, usually in the morning I would start off with prayers and, and asking for hope, asking for the heartbreak to be lifted. And as I'm praying, I, I look down and all of a sudden in the middle of the path, literally right in front of me is this rock that's shaped in the shape of a heart. And I'm thinking, okay, that's a coincidence. That's, I was just praying about healing my broken heart, and now here's a heart rock. So I, I pick it up. I put it in my pocket. I keep walking every once in a while. Um, I make sure it's still there, and then day goes on, and I kind of forget about it. And then uh, later in the day, I stop at a place, have a few snacks with some friends, and then um, 
notice as we're leaving this place that there's a labyrinth. And I am crazy about labyrinths. And I say, hey, I, I'm going to walk the labyrinth. You guys want to do it? And my fellow pilgrims are like, are you crazy? You're adding steps? No. And so they took <laughs> off. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got to walk a labyrinth. If there's one, I have to do it. So I went over to the labyrinth. And um, right before I started walking, as I do anytime I'm going in the labyrinth, I'll say a little prayer before I start walking. And I was just thinking about my broken heart and, you know, again, a prayer of, you know, please lift this broken heart. I I just don't know how much longer I can carry this heaviness. And so I started walking around the labyrinth. And when I got to the center, I looked down and, as you know, it's customary on the Camino, people leave stones, right? And a lot of places. Well, in the middle of this labyrinth, there are all these stones that have been placed there. And I thought to myself, whoa, I don't have a, I don't have a stone place here and like wait no wait I do I have that heart rock that I picked up earlier I should put that there and so I reached into my pocket to pull it out and then at this moment I can't even it gives me chills to just think about it right now I reach into my pocket and the stone was broken into several pieces And I'm holding it in my hand and I'm thinking, I cannot believe this. This is exactly my broken heart. Like, how could this have happened? And so, you know, kind of tears start coming down my face. I'm like, this is some kind of sign. I I don't know what this means, but it's a representation. I've been asking to release my broken heart. Here's this broken stone and I'm literally going to lay it here in the middle of this labyrinth. So I lay it down and I you know, walk back out through the labyrinth and I'm thinking about, you know, wow, this was, this can't be a coincidence. This is that Camino magic. This is a prayer answer kind of thing. Right. And so I head back out onto uh, the Camino path and I'm walking uh, a little bit further and it wasn't far from there. Once again, I look down and I kid you not, Dan, Smack dab in the middle of the path. (laughs) This time, another rock. But this is a much larger one. It's about the size of my hand, shaped in a heart. And it's really substantial. Like, it's thick, it's big, but still in a heart shape. And I just looked down, and I was like, okay, okay, God, okay, universe. But (laughs) what's the sign here, right? (laughs) And so I pick it up, and it fits perfectly in my hand. Like, it's like wonderful. And I, and this thing came over me as I continued to walk that day, that this was a sign from the Camino, from God, the universe saying to me, Lee, this is your new heart. It's, um, you know, there've been breaks in it, but you know, as Leonard Cohen says, it's in the breaks where the light gets in. And now your heart's going to be stronger. You're going to have a stronger heart. And Now, Lee, you're going to carry your heart. You're in charge of your heart, not somebody else. No one else can break your heart, you know, unless you allow that. You're going to you're going to be the carrier of your heart. And so um, that rock went with me the rest of my Camino and um, actually came home with me. It's sitting right now with um, my Camino altar. And um, I carry it with me often when I hike, um, whenever I would hike in Salt Lake. And now I live in Bainbridge Island, and I carry it with me often. Um, A lot of times when I meditate, I'll place it on my heart and hold my hands over it. And I I literally feel the energy of the Camino 
when I have that rock in my hand. And, um, you know, I just feel like there are so many things like that that happen on the Camino. And that's just one story of that's great. where I felt there were, yeah, where I just felt there were these messages of recovery and healing. And yeah, so that's, oh. that's my Camino, <laughs> one of my Camino stories that I, I will never forget. I love that story. That is so fantastic. Oh, <laughs> Lee, that's you. lovely. No, that really is lovely. And there's some, the, the, the concept of you healing is such a, and I know I speak on behalf of all of my listeners, everybody, no, no matter where they're listening around the world, the thought that you are healing is such a beautiful image and, and such a beautiful sentiment for all of us to take. Um, and the fact that the Camino has been able to give you some space and time to do it is really, really lovely. And you take all of our collective thoughts with you, Lee, in your continued well, you, journey. Dan. Yeah. Hey, Lee, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. I can't wait to return the favour to appear on your oh, podcast. I can't wait. I, I'm really looking forward uh, to it. And I, I think oh, it's all. Dan. Yeah, it's going to be great fun. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. We're all on this journey together, this pilgrim journey, this incredible gift of love and of life. Um, so, yeah. when Camino, Lee? Juan Camino, Dan, and I think that, you know, you just, you really just um, embody the Camino spirit, and I think your support and all the things that you're doing for the Camino community is just such a gift, and I know I so appreciate the the reach out to invite me to be, you know, on your podcast and being so gracious to agree to be on my new one, and it just... <laughs> I think, you know, I just want to say to people this, that haven't gone on a Camino that this is what it means to have a Camino family is that, you know, you're in Australia, I'm in, ba- you know, I'm in Washington and, um, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're part of family now and yeah. it's just so great having fellow pilgrims to have this support from and to be able to give support back to others. So thank you so much. Thanks, Lee. My guest this week, Lee Brennan. You can find her at leebrennan.com. And you can find Camino Cafe on Facebook and on YouTube. I keep going back, and it's become a common theme in my last 10 or so podcasts, to Christ's message, love. The Gospel of Matthew quotes Jesus, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's certainly easier said than done. But I'll finish where I started with a quote from the great Ella Fitzgerald, Just don't give up trying to do what you really want to do. Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. Thanks for your company again this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.